Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series in the Book of Romans with Save to Serve series, Part 2, Meet the Ideal Christian Couple, preached October the 14th, 2012. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Romans chapter 16, verse 3. We are preaching from the 16th chapter of the book of Romans. Saved to serve series. And this is number two. Saved to serve God. Last time I spoke to you about how a single Christian business woman served the Lord Jesus Christ. And today I'm going to speak to you about Priscilla and Aquila, the ideal Christian couple who lived all their lives to serve God. So let's take a look at this couple, Aquila and Priscilla. In Romans 16, 3 through 16, The Apostle Paul sends Christian greetings to a number of his friends and acquaintances in the Church of Rome. He sends his first and longest greetings to the Jewish Christian couple, Priscilla and Aquila. He had known them for many years. The husband Aquila was a native of Pontus, north of Asia Minor. He and his wife Priscilla moved to Rome. They were business people. They were in the tent making business. St. Paul was also in this business of tent making. They were very intelligent people and very rich people. They would move from city to city to make money in this tent making business. So we read in the book of James that it is not right to move from city to city to make money. But he said, it is right to make money moving from city to city if it is God's will. James 4, 13 through 15. It is right to make money in God's will. For without money, you cannot live. We buy our daily bread with money, sir. Jesus made money as a carpenter. It is the love of money that is the root of all evil. It is greed that is evil. So it is important that you have a profession It is important to work and make money to support your family and support the Lord's work and support those who are truly needy 
in our midst. The Bible opposes all government programs that promote laziness and dependency on the government. So St. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 4, make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business and to work with your hands just as we told you so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders and so that you will not be dependent on anybody. And in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, St. Paul says, For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. We were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we worked night and day, laboring and toiling, so that we would not be a burden to any of you. We did this. Not because we do not have the right to such help, but in order to make ourselves a model for you to follow. For even when we were with you, we gave this rule. If a man will not work and he should not eat. It is possible that Priscilla and Aquila became Christians on the day of Pentecost. There were visitors from Rome in Jerusalem for the feast of Pentecost. Acts 2, 10 and 11. It is also possible that St. Paul led them to Christ when he met them in Corinth as we read in Acts 18, 1 through 4. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he met a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla because Claudius had ordered all the Jews to leave Rome. Paul went to see them and because he was a tent maker as they were, he stayed and worked with them. Every Sabbath, he reasoned in the synagogue, trying to persuade Jews and Greeks. They came to Corinth because Claudius expelled the Jews from Rome around 49 AD. Paul worked with them in the tent-making business in Corinth. They became very close friends. After two years in Corinth, they moved to Ephesus with St. Paul. There they helped St. Paul in his work for the Lord. It appears Priscilla, the wife, was more intelligent. It is possible that she came from a higher station in life. It is also possible that she brought more money into the marriage. There is no question they were taught thoroughly by St. Paul in the way of salvation. With this knowledge of the gospel, this ideal Christian couple was able to teach Professor Apollos, I would say a graduate of the University of Alexandria, in the full gospel 
and introduce him also in the life in the Holy Spirit. And we are told about this couple six times in the New Testament, always mentioning both people. They are like two lovebirds. We see them always together at home, at work, in the church, when they travel, when they minister. They're always together, sir. Four times the name of the wife appears first. Their marriage conformed to the constitution of marriage given to us in Ephesians 5, 22 through 33. Aquila loved his wife as Christ loved the church and Priscilla, the more brilliant one, loved her husband and submitted to him in the Lord in everything. They were international business travelers. We see them going from Pontus in Asia to Rome and then to Corinth and then to the great city of Ephesus, then again to Rome. And finally, we find them again in the great city of Ephesus. Yet they spend their life also in the interest of the gospel, especially helping St. Paul in his apostolic ministry. It is possible that Aquila was a pastor and his wife Priscilla helped him. They loved one another and they loved God's people and they used their wealth for the interest of the kingdom of God. They were peripatetic and ever hospitable Jewish Christian couple. Unlike Demas, they never abandoned their friend and pastor St. Paul. They were known and loved by all the Gentile churches. They were an ideal couple. They were a Christian couple. They were a holy couple. They loved God, they loved God's saints, and they loved one another. Second, St. Paul is greeting them in verse 3 and 4. So Paul sends them the first and the longest greeting. Greetings of unbelievers are formal and empty of true meaning. Christian greeting like Shalom Aleichem, peace to you, or God bless you, is full of heavenly meaning. It conveys peace to us, a blessing to us. When Mary greeted Elizabeth, she was filled with the Holy Spirit and the baby, we are told, leaped in the womb for joy. It is heavenly to hear the greeting of a child of God. So Paul greets Prisca. Priscilla is an affectionate diminutive of Prisca. Prisca and Aquila, his friends of many years. 
And he says, they are my fellow workers, sooner goy in Christ Jesus. These rich people did not live a delicate, luxurious, and lazy life. They were workers, hard workers, in their tent-making business, and especially in the work of the gospel. They worked with St. Paul. They assisted him in every way, especially using their money. They were fellow workers like Euodia and Syntyche. The brilliant Priscilla worked under her husband within the limits of the scriptures like 1 Corinthians 11, 3 through 16 and 1 Timothy 2, 8 through 15. They were fellow workers, not fellow losers and fellow failures. They are losers and failures because they sinned all their life. These people were rich in good works. St. Paul was a hard worker. We are told that he worked harder than all by God's grace. Our Christian service is an effect of Christian grace received. More grace effects more good works for God's glory. So St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58, Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Friends, understand this. We are God's fellow workers. Being a Christian involves being set to work. And Jesus was a worker. So we read Mark 6, 3, is in this the carpenter. He was the carpenter and son of the carpenter. And Jesus said in John 4, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and finish it. And John 5 verse 17, my father is always at his work to this very day and I too am working. John 17 4, I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you have given me to do. And from the cross he said, it is finished, the work is finished. And you read recently Jeremiah 48 verse 10. A curse on him who is lax in doing the Lord's work. And Colossians 4 verse 17. Tell Archippus. See to it that you complete the work you have received from the Lord. My fellow workers. I said the word sooner go, fellow workers, in St. Paul always has the meaning of gospel work. 
This couple helped St. Paul in the work of the gospel. They were biblically literate. They practiced hospitality. They counseled people. They opened their big house for regular worship. They were spirit baptized and so fearlessly witnessed to Christ. They were not ashamed of the gospel. They taught Apollos the full gospel. They encouraged this professor to go to Achaia and do the gospel work there. They gave him a letter of introduction. It appears that brother Epinetus, we read about him in verse 5 of chapter 16, Epinetus, the first fruit of Asia, was the fruit of their labor in Ephesus. So Paul greets them saying, they are my fellow laborers in the cause of Christ Jesus. And our church have workmen and workwomen for Christ. St. Paul is greeting therefore us also. Paul is conveying his love for us. The greeting of St. Paul is the greeting of his Lord. The Lord himself greets us today because we are laborers for Jesus Christ. And he says, Aquila and Priscilla, who to save my life laid down their own neck. They saved St. Paul's life by endangering theirs in some situation. In First Chronicles 11 verse 19 tells of some friends of David who went through enemy lines to get some cool water for him from the well of Bethlehem. They risked their lives and brought the water to him, but he refused to drink it, but poured it out as a drink offering to God. And he said, God forbid that I should do this. He said, should I drink the blood of these men who went at the risk of their lives? Because they risked their lives to bring it back. David would not drink it. Paul speaks of his fellow worker Epaphroditus. Who visited him in Rome. But he got sick. And almost died. He writes to the Philippians about him. Welcome Epaphroditus. In the Lord with great joy. And honor men like him because. He almost died. For the work of Christ. Risking his life. To make up for the help. You could not give. Priscilla and Aquila loved the apostle. Their pastor so much that they shielded him. From death. By exposing themselves to death. 
And Paul speaks of dangers he faced. In Acts 19 we read, when they heard this, they were furious and began shouting, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. Soon the whole city was in uproar. The people seized Gaius and Aristarchus, Paul's traveling companions from Macedonia, and rushed as one man into the theater. Paul wanted to appear before the crowd, but the disciples would not let him. Even some of the officials of the province, friends of Paul, sent him a message begging him not to venture uh, to the theater. It may be that Aquila and Priscilla hid him in their house. First Corinthians 16 and verse 9 says, Because a great door for effective work has opened to me, and there are many who oppose me. Or Second Corinthians 1, 8 through 10, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardships we suffered. In the province of Asia. We were under great pressure. Far beyond our ability to endure. So that we despaired. Even of life. Indeed in our hearts. We felt the sentence of death. But this happened. That we might not rely on ourselves. But on God. Who raises the dead. We are to love one another. As Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. So we read 1 John 3.16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. Who pair in place of us. And we ought to lay down our lives for who pair in place of our brothers. All churches of the Gentiles knew about their saving of Paul's life by risking their lives. Because of their deliverance, we have the opportunity to study this letter to Romans. So Paul, in effect, says, I am living because of their love for me. Please greet them for me. Paul was spared from death that he may complete God's work. But in due time, he would not be spared. So he says in 2 Timothy 4, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord the righteous judge will award to me on that day. And not only to me but also to all who have longed for his appearing. And in the same chapter 2 Timothy 4 he finally realizes the time has now come. He says, at my first defense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. 
and I was delivered from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Friends, do we love one another? With such sacrificial love with which Priscilla and Aquila loved St. Paul. Most people love to get something. Christian love alone is truly sacrificial. That I give myself for your eternal benefit. And number three, he gives thanksgiving. For some time recently, some of us have been praying for a difficult situation that a brother in our church was facing. My wife and I prayed for many months. And God answered the prayers of many. And the brother was very happy. And for this, we gave thanks to God. For he is good and his mercy endures forever. The unbelievers are godless, hopeless, worthless, and thankless. They thank themselves, not God. But Christians thank their God for everything. So St. Paul thanks this holy Christian couple for saving his life. He also conveys to them the thanks of all the Gentile Christians. So through this letter, Paul sends them many thanks. Not only I, but all the churches thank you. And they are thanking them continually. The word is Eucharisto. Present active indicative first person singular of Eucharisteo, from which you have the word Eucharist. The Lord's Supper is called Eucharist. It is thanksgiving for Jesus Christ who laid his life down, who bare in behalf of us. Christ died for our sins. So let us thank God for his great salvation. So we read thanksgiving to be an important function of God's people. Ephesians 5.20, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Colossians 2.7 Rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thanks. And Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. We give thanks always, sir. We give thanks for everything including God's discipline of us as his children. So children, do you say thank you when parents and teachers 
and pastors rebuke you and correct you in love. We give thanks to God the Father from whom all blessings flow. We give thanks in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ because all blessings flow to us only through Jesus Christ. The question then is, have you trusted in Jesus Christ alone for your eternal salvation? Not little thanksgiving. We are to overflow with thanksgiving. My mother who is now in heaven, I used to hear her spontaneously. And always saying stotram means thank God, thank you, praise Stotram, sir. What are you saying when you get into trouble? And we are to pray, make our request known, mixed with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving for what he had already done for us and thanksgiving for what he would do for us. Paul says, ego Eucharisto, meaning I myself personally thank you. And finally, greet also the church in their house. St. Paul conveys his love to the church in the house of Aquila and Priscilla. There were no church building for the whole church to come together to worship until the third century. So people worshipped in the larger houses of fairly well-off believers. So we read in Acts chapter 12, house of Mary, mother of Mark. Many people were praying there for the deliverance of St. Peter from prison. And this house had an outer gate and an inner gate. It was the house of a rich person. In Acts chapter 20, at Troas, Paul worshipped on the Lord's day with God's people in the house of a believer. They worshipped at night. They worshipped upstairs where there were many lamps. Brother Eutychus fell out through the window and picked up dead. The lesson is what, sir? Don't sleep in the church, sir. And Jesus ate the Passover meal with his disciples in Jerusalem in the house of a friend, which had, we are told, a large upper room. Because Priscilla and Aquila were rich people, they had a big house in Rome. I say, thank God for rich Christian people. They invited believers to come to their house every week to worship. They loved God's people, rich, poor, Jew, Gentile, masters and slaves. They knew everyone and loved everyone. Probably Aquila preached the word. They sang, they prayed, they celebrated the Lord's Supper. They ate a meal together. They fellowshiped. Theirs was a house church. Probably there were about half a dozen house churches in Rome. Aquila and Priscilla loved to serve. They were glad to meet God's people. 
They spend their money to promote the work of God's kingdom. It was sheer happiness for them to have a church in their house. Wherever they went, they would have a church in their house. Now look at Lydia, the businesswoman. She had a church in her house, Acts 16. Philemon has a church in his house. Lady Nympha had a church in her house, Colossians 4.15. Gaius had a church in his house where Paul was staying and writing this letter. Do you open your house for saints to assemble and sing and pray and study the word and eat and have a sweet fellowship? Friends, it is pure joy on this side of heaven. Today, people go to big churches where they can be unknown. Most Christians so-called do not want others to know them. They don't want anyone to find out that they are living a sinful and disorderly life. In house churches, everybody knew everybody. They rejoiced with those who rejoiced and they helped those who needed help. So, do you belong to a small group where you are known, where you enjoy sweet fellowship with the saints in the Lord? So, Paul greets Aquila and Priscilla and also every saint that meets in their house. For these people, Psalm 16 is true. I said to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. As for the saints who are in the land, they are the glorious ones in whom is all my delight. Or Psalm 122, I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Here's some application. And number one, have you trusted in Jesus Christ alone for your eternal salvation as this couple did? Do you have Christian friends who send you greetings? Or are you a loner? If you are a married Christian couple, how is your marriage? Do you love God with all your heart? And do you love your spouse sacrificially? Next, are you biblically literate? And full of the Holy Spirit to lead others to Christ in terms of personal evangelism. Do you open your home for saints to gather to worship and fellowship? Do you use gladly your wealth for the advancement of the gospel? Do you stand with your pastors when enemies of the gospel persecute them? Do you work hard for the Lord that you may be called God's fellow workers? 
And finally, do you thank parents, teachers, and pastors when they bring some correction to you in love? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you for your love for a sinful world. And you loved sinners so much that you sent your own son to die for our sins. And not only that, you regenerated us by the mighty operation of the Holy Spirit, enabling us to repent of our sins and trust in Jesus Christ alone for our eternal salvation. And Heavenly Father, we express our thanks and gratitude by living to serve our Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray, amen.